Can't stand the heat? Get out of the kitchen. I've definitely opened with that quote before. But it always needs a uh, another bump every once in a while, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you can't stand that heat. Get out of the kitchen. Wow. It's been pretty warm here lately, I suppose. It's never really... I mean, like, for me, nothing's unexpected. You know, being... I've been living in Minnesota for most of my... 40-some years of age. And, uh, you know, you've seen 100-degree days and you've seen 50 below. You know, and you get... You know, I mean, it's it's momentous when a lot of this stuff happens, but it's not surprising. There's always going to be a hottest day every year and there's always going to be a coldest day every year and everybody's going to bitch on either end of it. But, uh, you know, we're doing a pretty good job, you know, keeping track of the birds and, and the cows and the pigs and stuff like that, you know. I mean, with the heat comes flies and with the heat comes people pissing and moaning and complaining. But, you know, I mean, our, our house has an air conditioner, God bless. We got a pool in the backyard, thank God. And, uh... We had a breeze this weekend with our 100 degree temperatures, so that's a good deal. You know, it kind of helped. You know, and it wasn't very humid, which uh, helps your comfort level a little bit. You know, I mean, heat's still heat though. Well, even if it's dry or humid, I don't know, you set a hammer in the sun when it's 100 degrees outside, you go back 20 minutes later, whether it's a dry heat or whether it's a, a damp heat, you, probably can't touch that hammer and you'll regret doing it so uh keep your hammer in your tool belt or in the shade and get to work welcome to the poultry homestead podcast everybody i'm sure glad you're here man we've had a really awesome hatch and it's what i wanted to talk about today at this hatch that we've had amazing absolutely amazing it's um you know we've we've never really I, I was a little apprehensive of this hatch because of a couple things I changed the way I do it a little bit and before this hatch the 21 days preceding it I know about two weeks preceding the collection of the eggs, we were down to one rooster, you know, and it takes 10 to 14 days, you know, for the rooster's, uh, you know, his his getting jiggy with it jiggies to get into the uh, overduct of the egg, you know, I mean, so you don't put a rooster in your flock and then the next day collect eggs to hatch, it doesn't work that way you got to do it two weeks after you put the rooster in your flock and he starts banging all the hens. And, uh, you know, we're down to one rooster, Captain Studmuffin. 
the other roosters that we have have not matured yet. So uh, Stud Muffin has been doing all of our uh, fertilization of the hens. And Stud Muffin did damn good, too. God, does he make a pretty chick. I mean, uh, he's a buff Orpington rooster. He's beautiful as all get out. He's not too big, not too small. He's polite. And, uh, well, he knows how to get jiggy with it, and he's definitely fertile. We must have half a dozen buff Orpingtons, straight buff Orpingtons, in that collection. And we got, you know, our buff Orpingtons are, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Our, our buff Orpingtons are kind of our, our, our staple bird at the moment, which is fine. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm pretty happy. We got a couple up-and-coming roosters. We're kind of, we're really wanting to keep a couple of those. And, um... I don't know, but this hatch has been amazing. So, I'll try to give you the short version of how I did this. I, I did something I've never done before as far as um, how we, how I did this hatch. You've heard of a dry hatch and you've heard of a wet hatch by now, I'm sure. Uh, dry hatch is when you don't add any water until lockdown and then you give them uh, 65 to 75% humidity on their last three days, and that's that. This time what I did is I did a dry hatch for the first week. I added no water. And I kept the, I have a Nurturite 360 incubator and I kept the door closed on it. Like uh, there's a little humidity door that you open and close. And I kept it closed for the first week. Um, and, and let's back up a little bit before that. I sprayed all the eggs with hydrogen peroxide before I entered them into the incubator. And they were still wet with hydrogen peroxide as I set them in our Nurturite 360 incubator. And then the first week we added no moisture to the Nurturite 360 whatsoever. Well then the second week, what I did is I filled port A which is the small port, which is supposed to give you around 45% humidity. But, you know, the, the air in our area right now is rather humid, and in the house it's rather humid. So, uh, it was in the 45 to 50% humidity range. Ideally, you want it in the 40, 45-ish area. And in, in the week going on the... Um, without moisture it was at around 30 in the 20 to 35 percent range when we had no no moisture in it. But anyway yeah and it went to 45 and 50 on the second week and the third week you know I was in that same range of moisture but then when they go on lockdown uh, which is the last three days when the eggs quit turning and the turner quits turning, the egg turner quits turning, that's what's great about the Nurturite 360 is it tells you when they're on lockdown. And you take the carousel out of the incubator. And that that's good. You know, I mean, it, it helps us out. So I, I took the carousel out and then I only put humidity in port B. Now, there was a little bit of... Um, 
water left in port A, but I only filled port B, which is twice as big. But that got me up to my 65 to 75% humidity for the birds on that last three days. And my wife was just astonished. And I did not open the incubator and I did not candle eggs. We were, we were going to try just not effing with the eggs this time. She's, she said, you know, if that's what other people are doing and they're getting better hatch rates, that's what we need to do. I think it's because of that time of year that we're picking the eggs. The roosters are really busy in May, June, July doing a lot of breeding, okay? So I think that's why we're getting so many fertile eggs right now. Um, and I think that's why our hatch rate is pretty high, coupled with the fact that we got, um, you, know, you know, the hens are laying to beat the band. They're really receptive, coupled with the fact, though, that we also did our hydrogen peroxide like we were supposed to, and we don't open the incubator like to candle them or anything. I pretty much quit candling eggs. I just thought, you know what, either way, I'm going to leave them all in there. I don't really toss any, and I don't know what to do. But, you know, I've never had a white egg hatch, and I did. I just, off on a whim, we threw a white egg in there this time. And by golly, ladies and gentlemen, a white egg definitely hatched, and we, we couldn't be happy, happier. So, hatch results. Finally, I can get down to that. Our hatch results are amazing. You know, um, we do have naked neck genetics in our flock. So a few of them pop out as naked necks. And, you know, we're, I was really happy to see that a lot of these chicks out of this batch are, are buff in color like Captain Stud Muffin, our rooster. Uh, so we do have two naked necks. One is kind of cinnamon in color, and uh, one is definitely buff. Uh, by, by all accounts, it looks like I have about half a dozen buff Orpingtons, and we, we do have one black chick. Uh, we do have a few blacks. Uh, we have a couple black Australaps, and we also have uh, a few barnyard mix black chicks from a previous hatch last year. Um, we don't, I, I don't, we're, we're kind of hoping to see a Delaware mix in there, but we don't really see it. We see a lot of, um, um, you know, just kind of cinnamon colored, uh, red in color. Uh, this buff Orpington going into all these uh, chicks it has been a really good, um, color variation. A lot of them are, are lighter in color, so we don't have a lot of black chicks this time. Where usually we, we actually get a few of those and, and uh, my buddies, when they hatched, we had a black rooster back then, Antonio, he got mean, so we had to shoot him. But um, they had a lot of black chicks. But here is the hatch results. Out of 22 eggs, four did not hatch so far as of this morning. We'll keep them in the incubator another day, see how they do. Um... But you know, being at a 80 something percent hatch rate, I'm happy. If I can get 80% hatches all the time, man, I'm gonna be happy. I, I, I don't know, I mean, shit. Anything over 50% I'm happy with. You know, it's not a waste of time. 
And a lot of these birds are going to be uh, birds that we eat. You know, I mean, as soon as I can tell whether they're roosters or hen, I might cut, cull out a few hens, uh, throw those in the flock. Uh, anything that looks anything near like a Freedom Ranger, I'm going to be eating. Um, we also have some other, you, you know, we have a hatch that we did like three months ago or four months ago uh, in March that we're probably going to be throwing some of those within our uh, butchering strategy here too, you know, some of those roosters or whatever. They're going to be kind of old, so I might just have to butcher those separately. You know, and that's just life. But uh, the plan is to fill the incubator again and raise more and then just ha butcher. Whatever we butcher, we're just going to butcher all at once. And I'm pretty happy about that. Um, we might have to separate the pens and be sure that they <clears throat> don't mix in with the other ones. Uh, because roosters can get mean when there's a lot of hens around, especially a lot of fertile hens. And if you over-rooster your fertile hens, that can be a pain in the ass too. But you know, with that kind of incubating and getting an 80% hatch out of the Nurture Ride 360, hey, I mean, what's there to complain about? I mean, we last night we, we went in there and it's like, holy cats, you guys, there's a lot of chicks in here. And uh, a couple of them were still wet. So we left those two in the incubator uh, till this morning and then they'll go out in the brooder with the rest of the chicks. I got the brooder in the barn in one of our stalls. I think that'll work fine for now. Uh, hopefully we don't have to separate any of the cattle uh, into that stall. And if we do, we can just move the brooder over to the uh, over to our feed room or whatever. I definitely have room for another brooder. Uh, the stall's looking good as far as the chicks go though. Um, eventually the chicks will take over the stall and use that as a brooder. You know, it's kind of a practice area for them to, to get ready and, and, and be chicks, you know. Um, so it's, it's kind of a neat thing for us, you know. I mean, this, this whole experience on this hatch has been definitely a positive one. Um, one thing about hatching chicks, though, and going through the motions of having an incubator and having chicks hatch is the family moments that you get with it. And I can't emphasize this enough. Even if you don't want chickens, if you want to do hatch chicks, you know, ask somebody if you can borrow their incubator and hatch chicks for them sometime. Just so your wife, your kids, your grandparents, your brothers, your sisters, your in-laws, your kids, whatever. I mean, just so they can see this happen. Because the magic of a family sitting around a Nurture Right 360 incubator and the unforgettable moments that you have watching those birds hatch together is a very it's a very magical atmosphere and it's something that I cannot emphasize enough that I strongly encourage you to do um, you know it, it's worth the money you know what I mean uh, you can pick these incubators up for little or nothing on Craigslist or Facebook or whatever it's uh, it's real easy to do um, and the brand new ones really aren't that expensive anymore 
um, for the value you get out of it and, and the, the moments that you have. You know, life is all about experiences and watching birds hatch is a tremendous, tremendous experience for the whole family. And it's something that, you know, something that you need to, um, something that you need to think about, you know, and, some, and I strongly encourage it, you know, watching the, the, the hatch, you know. <sighs> Man, I suppose I'd better get rocking anyway. It's about the end of the podcast period for this one, but uh, yeah, great time hatching. I, You know, every time we hatch, there's always little things that we remember about it and little miracles that happen with it. And I just can't, can't get over it. I absolutely love it. It's something I've just been in love with, um, you know, ever, ever since we've started it. And I'm, I'm really blessed to be able to share it with all of our uh, friends and fellow homesteaders and being able to borrow out that incubator to, to everybody else. Uh, anyway, if you want to connect, Ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com. If you have any questions about incubation, uh, we're starting to get better at it as we go. We're learning more. Um, and we're having a lot a lot of fun with it. It's, it's always fun, but uh, learning more and, and, and just getting better at it, that's, that's everything, right? You know, you want to get better every day. You want to learn more every day. You want to keep an open mind and and keep going through life on these things and and incubation is one of them and homesteading being the other one but god bless you all and thank you for listening today um yeah better get going man i hope you enjoy your awesome week and uh you know battle the heat that's what we do anyway have a good one